0: Ladies and gentlemen, Chama the Caballeros
1: back to another edition of Leading Rain Radio. I'm your host, Dave Dwenis with my co-host, Amilcar. A, hundred, a 100 Amilcar. That's what I have to call yeah. Amilcar now. 100 Amilcar. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? How's everybody going out there? Hopefully, you guys can join us here in the chat room. Don't forget, we are on Pandora and uh, iTunes. And we're, uh, you know, we try to be here every Monday, man. Um, it's just uh, with work and everything. And now hearing that, we, ha- we might here in California go on another shutdown. Actually, I don't same think we're the only state. I think New Mexico just uh, got shut down already, right?
2: Yeah, and we, we'll probably be doing the same here in New York.
1: Uh, folks, just wear your goddamn mask. Stop trying to be a rebel without a cause. You know what I mean? Help us out here. I wanted to spend some time here with the family, you know, the extended family uh, for a Turkey Day, but obviously it's not going to happen. But, you know, it's just too many folks. I'm not going to get too political here really quick, but just too many people trying to be... Uh, you know, uh, a rebel. And, uh, you know, it's screwing up a lot of folks, man. You know, honestly, it's screwing a lot of folks up and it's not allowing us to, to, uh, you know, be out there, you know. Salute a How you doing, brother? Thanks for joining us here on Leaving the Ring. Philly, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, don't forget, we have a lot of other platforms. Right now, I, honestly, we're countering uh, Hispanics Causing Panic, so I apologize. I forgot all about that they're on Tuesdays now, not Wednesdays. Oh, it's His- shit. Yeah, Hispanic Causing Panic. Censor is on Wednesdays now. So, um, I, I, I apologize about that. But anyways, we're here on Leaving. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder it may happen in 2021. Um, you know, Frank Warner, the co-promoter, uh, said that the December fight for Tyson Fury that was supposed to happen next month is completely off now. So that's going to go into court. We'll talk a little bit about that. It's so one of the topics that we have on our list. Uh, Terrence Crawford well, demolished uh, Calbrook. Uh, a lot of us thought, my including myself, that it was going to be a much uh, more competitive fight. It was a competitive fight for a couple I of rounds. Yeah, you know, but um, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then Canelo back on the zone, believe it or not. Isn't that kind of crazy? So that's definitely what we're going to talk about here on uh, Leaving the Ring. Well, let's go with the results, man, from this past Saturday on ESPN. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that here. Let's see uh, really quick in the chat room. He says, I see a lot of people not wearing the mount here in Fresno and San Jose. I see Chavez uh, markets enforcing it only mostly. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, man. It's kind of crazy. And you know what? The spike is really – it's just not hitting hitting like the the, you know like the hillbilly spots of the world, uh well the country. Uh, a lot of a lot of paisas and rasa they're not wearing their mask, you know they're not doing it. Um, they're you know they're not believing in it and they don't believe in science and stuff. So hopefully this next shutdown it shakes a lot of folks and they got they get like hey, you know I want to go outside too. Trust me, I, I want to be out there too. You know I get we're stuck in the house and we're bored out of our mind sometimes. There's only so much uh uh you know sitcoms you can watch and movies and you know or so much so you could stand and look at each other for hours and stuff you know we all want to go out and see some new scenery right but anyways let's get back to the fight here on leaving ring Terence Crawford uh, was able to get Kel Brook out of there in a very sensational fashion a uh, milk car break it down to us what did you see in that fight
2: Well! At first, I mean, from everything from the warm-up in the dressing room to the ring walk to the start of the fight, Kel Brook looked like a million-dollar fighter, man. Um, Apparently two million, according to Joe Tessitore, but maybe we'll get to that later. Uh, I mean, that was just absurd. But, um, yeah, he looked great. I mean, round one, he came out, you know, he controlled kind of the center of the ring. He was flicking the jab. Actually, more than flicking it, he was really – laying into the jab, stepping in with the jab. And, you know, then he threw really fast one-two combinations. He looked good. Second round, he looked good. Third round, Crawford kind of started to catch up a little bit, as most people who who were watching. He kind of decided to switch from uh, orthodox into the southpaw position. And then fourth round, out of nowhere, boom, you know, vicious uh, hook. Uh, sends Kelbrook into the ropes. And from that point, it was only a matter of time before the stoppage came. It was a really impressive win by Crawford. Uh, I'm not one of these people who's going to be making, uh, you know, accusations about how this fight wasn't good. It wasn't competitive. Kelbrook was washed up. Mm-hmm. Because I, going into the fight, considered Kelbrook to be a live dog.
3: Right. Uh, so and I. he
2: said it himself, best shape of his career, no excuses. And right. no one has ever done that to, Kel, to Kel, uh, Sorry, to Kel Brook, not even Golovkin. Um, those yeah. of you who saw that, I remember that Golovkin didn't even really put Kel Brook down. It was his corner that threw in the towel because of the eye injury and the fact that he was blinking and couldn't see and there was kind of a dent in his eye. Uh, this is a guy who can take a shot. And, you know, he – took that hook, and unfortunately, he, he didn't take it the right way and he touched the canvas. What did you see, Dave?
1: I saw the same thing, you know. I mean, um, here was a guy that went out there in great, tremendous shape, was using his jab, uh, put it on him, you know, and and then, uh, you know, look. Uh, Terrence Crawford adjusted, figured him out, and that was the end of it. You know, he made these slight adjustments and, and he was able to get him out of there. And uh, I mean, what what could you really say? There's not much you could really say about it, you know? No, I mean, he a did great a really- performance.
2: It was a great performance. And there's not, nothing you can say about it. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I can't see any of the PBC fighters doing what Terrence Crawford did to Kell Brook. You know, I've been saying for a while that I wanted to see- Terrence against a real natural welterweight you know right and that's what we saw that's what we saw so he's answered those questions for me
1: he did you know the one thing that impressed me the most was that what with, with Brooke first off okay was that he was using his jab and I knew that that was going to be obviously a problem for Terrence Crawford he was able to land in sneak in that right hand uh, but what I think what <clears throat> confused Brooke a little bit was that Crawford immediately came out orthodox. He didn't come out in that Southpaw stance, you know. Uh, I think he wanted to confuse him and make him believe that he was going to have to be concerned about that, you know. But overall, the the you know Crawford. I guess we got to remember that Crawford is a s- slow starter, you know. And uh, some sometimes we just kind of tend to forget he is a slow starter, you know. And he. Uh, but I mean he did pick it up. He did pick it up. He did uh, uh you know see it right away what was the opening. He saw that Brooke was trying to fight in the outside, he was trying to control the outside and uh, Crawford also saw that I'm a lot quicker than him. You know, and in that punch that landed, it was it was really kind of an awkward punch a mill car. Um Very it, it, it wasn't like a straight jab, it wasn't like a um you know um sorry about that. It wasn't a straight jab or it wasn't like a a hook. It was like in between both, you know, and and it landed and it looked really, really good. Yeah. And
2: one thing, uh, you know, I was about to say, Calper. one thing Terrence Crawford does better than probably any other fighter is hit with power when he switch hits. Right. I mean, that that right hook was delivered with tremendous power. Um, And like you said, it was very unorthodox kind of punch um not the kind of punch you traditionally see in in boxing but he's able to do that he's able to punch from different angles and he's able to hit with power from both sides it's it's a, a really really impressive skill uh that he has in that regard and it's something yeah. honestly that's very difficult to prepare for
1: so he got him out of there now he's talking about Manny Pacquiao what do you think man um you know obviously bob Bob Arum is saying he's got to have a a live gate, you know, um, reason is because the amount of money that both men are going to be asking for, you know, um, walking even off of that performance with Terrence Crawford. I don't know. Is it wrong for me to believe that he's still considered the B side going into negotiation, even going into this fight? Because. The major draw for the fight would be Manny Pacquiao. He's very sensational. What he did to Keith Thurman, um, he definitely brings a whole country behind him. But he's got a strong Mexican-American and Mexican following. So is it wrong for me to believe, Car that he's going to be the A-side and they're going to have to really give him more of the percentage in that fight? I mean, if they're not willing to give the percentage to Errol Spence Jr., which would be a 60-40, why would they do that with Manny Pacquiao?
2: Well, honestly, and uh, I'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings here, but it's honestly probably a 70-30 fight, and I don't mean that in terms of skills. I mean that in terms money. of business, right? Yeah, money. Uh, Pacquiao is a proven not just star in the United States or Philippines. He's a global star. He moves the needle everywhere. You guys remember when he fought in Macau um, right. and kind of started the the at that point start of what was supposed to be the the kind of entry point for Macau to be like a major player in in boxing he can go anywhere he's received offers in the past from the Middle East he's you know uh obviously could sell out places in Europe including England he's a global star uh, Terence Crawford is a great great boxer um is he a crossover mainstream uh sports star I don't think he's there yet and you know, he, he sells tickets in Omaha, which is great. He sells uh, out
1: in Omaha, you know? He sells out
2: in Omaha, but he's yet to be proven as a hot commodity across the United States. Um, you know, we haven't seen him sell out a Staples Center. You know, we haven't seen him sell out a Big Arena in Vegas. We haven't seen him sell out the Madison Square Garden here in New York, where I live. So, you know, uh, it's it's difficult to make a case that, that he should you know, be able to 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 demand a fight uh, purse anything bigger than that. I would say, especially consider. Let's be frank, Pacquiao doesn't really need to fight. He's what is he forty two? I mean, to, <laughs> to get, to get that's me out so of
1: competitive. You know what I mean? Though I mean that's that's just what you know. When we think about fighters of the past, and you know, when folks go like, "Oh, you know, the fighters in the past would have done this, they would have done that," you know. The truth is, is Manny is a throwback. I mean, the guy's in his 40s, you know? And uh, that guy's so competitive, he's not even willing to, you know, uh, hang it up. I mean, he still feels like there's unfinished business out there, you know? And maybe he's trying to erase what happened with him and Floyd Mayweather. And that definitely would be the one to erase that, you know? Um, Let's read some comments here off. Uh, Nopala, what's up, brother? What's up, Chicano Prophet? Uh iMagic, how you doing, brother? Uh let's see. Philly through Evo.
2: We got him too.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got uh, uh let me put what he said here. Uh Philly, Philly Irish believes that Manny Pacquiao That's beats Crawford. What do you think about that? It's it's it's
2: tough to say. I mean, Manny rises to the occasion and
1: he beat Thurman, you know, so and he beat Thurman convincingly. He's a Southpaw? You he know got what? Power in both hands and he's got speed still. He may about, you know, he might have skipped a little bit of his beat, you know? Um and I think it's just because of, you know, uh, well, there's a few things. His age obviously, his wear and tear, but I think the size and Crawford mm-hmm. I mean, going in with Brooke, you could definitely say he's a full-fledged welterweight. His size was was there, you know? Uh, it wasn't Absolutely. like Brooke was overtowering him or outsizing him at all. And uh, you know Crawford actually even looked the, like the stronger of the two right when right out, off the gate when the bell rang. You know, so I mean it's an interesting fight. I would really have to sit back and think about that. Can Manny Pacquiao, if the fight is signed and set to go, could he put off the upset?
2: I got a I got a scenario for you, Dave. Manny Pacquiao. Well, if, for this to work, it would obviously happen to, have to happen in Vegas. But Manny Pacquiao delivers two vicious low blows to Terence Crawford. They go to replay and they say they were legal, and Manny Pacquiao wins.
3: Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, he has I'm, a I'm, Russell Mora? Is that what you're
3: I'm,
1: saying? I'm, my God. <laughs> as, long as, as long as Russell Mora is a referee, I right. mean, I might not be. And Robert Bird is looking at the monitor for 30 minutes, scratching his head, yeah, wondering God. what he's looking oh. for. Like, I don't know. What the hell? What, what, what is this? Wasn't this fight supposed to happen tonight? You know,
2: (laughs) I'm at the Canelo,
1: Spanx, Andrade, Terrence, Caleb, and Smith. That is to be seen, my friend. Definitely is to be seen. Um, You know, everybody still is anticipating this fight. They want this fight. Errol Spence Jr., who's got a fight scheduled at the end of this month, November here, against a very Danish opponent, Danny Garcia. Now. I know a lot of folks don't think Danny has a prayer. I actually do think he does, and it's you know, uh, and the people that believe this, it's really coming off due of the accident. They're thinking the accident. They're not quite sure yet how much is affected, Errol Spence Jr. But at the same time, are we forgetting that you know Danny was very competitive against Thurman? He made Thurman, excuse me, he made Thurman change his game plan in the second half of the fight.
2: Yes, he did.
1: Danny likes to swing for the fences with his right hand. You know, uh, the one thing that Danny's probably dropped since moving up to weight, which is the watchweight division, is his legs. He doesn't use them as much. He doesn't move as much. And he doesn't box as well as he used to. Uh, Ever since knocking out Amir Khan, he's been kind of a different, different fighter. You
2: think he's been in love with his power a bit too much, Dave?
1: I think he does. I mean, I think he has. Uh, I think that he's become a one-handed fighter uh, and a very good one-handed fighter, uh, if that, you know. But going off of that, you know, if Errol Spence does, if, or whatever, gets past Danny Garcia, Swift, um, you know, it, that negotiation table's got to be opened up. And and again, this is where Terrence Crawford's ego and pride's got to take a step back and allow those two fighters to really look eye-to-eye and figure out where are they really at in their careers. If Errol Spence looks sensational and he struggles... I mean, sensational and doesn't struggle against uh, uh, Danny Garcia, you know, the betting is going to be for him. And you obviously know that PBC is going to want to ask for more money, you know, uh, even if he looks terrible, even if Danny gives him a a very tough fight, which I think that's going to happen. You still got to admit it's Errol Spence, you know, uh, coming off his last two pay-per-views. He was he did, you know, really good with them. Um, And being that somebody once told me, he goes, well, it was Mikey Garcia, but okay, with Sean Porter, he did similar numbers in pay-per-view buys here. So you got to admit that it's Errol Spence that does bring the numbers that people want to watch, you know? So again, does Terry Crawford this time sit there and, and listen to himself or does listen to Bob Aram saying like, no, we need to hold off. We shouldn't do that.
2: Yeah. And and the question, too, is it's been floated around, especially since Saturday, is how much longer Crawford's even going to stay with with Bob Arum. I mean, is he going to read up on his contract? Uh, you know, I, I think his contract is valid through through next year. I don't I've heard one fight. I've heard two fights, um, but definitely by by late next year, we could definitely see a, a situation where Crawford is is a free agent mid to late next year.
1: i hope so too man um sorry guys i'm over here trying to uh i'm gonna put up the number right now let me put this in really quick uh um okay but let me before i even do that before i even put the number up um let's play promoter here how about that Mm -hmm. you guys want to play promoter here on leaving the ring let's play promoter All right, let's play promoter like here that on that Leaving that the that Ring, guys, that. all right? We're going to put up the number right here and in just a few seconds, a few minutes. Let me just throw this out there. If you were the promoter of Terrence Crawford and you didn't get Manny Pacquiao next or Terrence Crawford, who do you go after? Do you finally cross the street and admit that you got to start facing some of the PBC guys? Now, let's put up a list here. Uh, let's put up here, I mean, who's on the roster right now, okay? So, if I have to look up who's the roster of the lineup, I mean that's the lineup right there. Think about it. Yeah. Terrence Crawford, you got Errol Spence number one, Terence Crawford's number two, and you got Manny Pacquiao. Now uh, the other guys that you throw in there, to, you know, uh, that are notable uh, are definitely going to be. Let's let's see.
2: Let's let's. Put Garcia. You got your Dennis
1: Garcia, Ugas, Keith Thurman and Sean Porter. Mm-hmm. So if you are a promoter. Like I said, we're playing promoter here. Yeah. In no car. Who do you go after if you can't get Manny Pacquiao or you can't get Errol Spence Jr. next? What does Terrence Crawford do?
2: That is a tough one. Because really the question is, and we're talking about his next fight, Dave? Yes, sir. All right. So the question is, does he essentially stay with top rank longer or does he go to the PBC? Now, If I'm Bob, I I definitely want the biggest money fight possible. And if we're taking away Spence and you said, who else are we taking away? Porter? Manny Manny Pacquiao. Oh, Manny Pacquiao. Okay, so let's say PBC isn't keeping Pacquiao around for Crawford. They're, They're saving Pacquiao for one of their other top welterweights, I think. So that leaves really just Thurman and Porter left at that point. And, you know, Terrence Crawford doesn't seem like he wanted to fight John Porter. So I guess that leaves really just uh, Keith Thurman. Um, Ugas? Because I just... No, Ugas? I, don't, I, I think Ugas is a great fight for Crawford, but I don't think uh, that's a risk for reward that, that uh, Bob Arum would, would necessarily like to entertain. Unless he knows that uh, uh, Terrence is going to be leaving top rank. Then maybe you go after a fight like that just to kind of end and end the contract. But, hmm. you know, if you're looking for the biggest money fight that's available at the PBC, you really got to go for Keith Thurman um, because I don't see the others as being possible. And I also... is going
1: under surgery, though? Didn't he just announce that? He has another surgery coming up? Or he actually went through another surgery, right? That could be wrong, I, but I, I thought, you know, I mean, the guy has... Surgery for every little thing. He got a pimple on his back. He's going to surgery. Every time you hear about Keith Thurman, there's a surgery coming up. <laughs> I know he does. He, he does. He's the poster boy for all surgeries, you know? I don't know if he's that, you yeah. know, if you walk into the hospital, into a medical room, I wonder if he, they should have his picture. As many surgeries this guy's been in and out of the sport, he should make a living as the poster boy for a medical exam room, you know, saying what not to do. I mean, I'm
2: kind I'm kind of trying to think who else is out there that Bob might go after. But, I hey, mean, A-Rod, all of the
1: other a- A-Rod put are, this out there because Mikey Garcia is in the welterweight division. Mikey Garcia. Uh, Terrence Crawford, Mikey Garcia. That would be a revenge for uh, Bob Arum. I wonder if Bob Arum would be interested in doing that. Hey, if you guys want to call in and play with us here on uh, Let's Play Promoter, call in at 917-426-8296
2: absolutely absolutely again uh 8296 yeah, yeah it's yeah. got be it's gotta be that I mean Virgil Ortiz is out there uh I think that would be a good fight but again it's a risk reward type situation I think Thurman's the appropriate opponent if you're if you're really playing promoter here because he's got the name but he's definitely beatable if you're Terence Crawford <clears throat> you
1: know uh, Philly Irish says, hey, let, let, move up to 154 and grab a title. That's actually not a bad I- idea, Irish. I, I I wouldn't actually shy away from that, but I think he needs to exhaust first if he can make any of the fights. I mean, okay, he said this in the past, no Sean Porter, but I think he needs to revisit that. I think he needs to rethink it, you know, because if you want to get any closer to Errol Spence or even show – any incentive that he wants to fight the PBC guys, I think he needs to fight somebody in that in that PBC realm, right? You know, because other than that, that what's going to happen is that the, if he walks, he, like he said in an interview, I don't need Errol Spence to finish my legacy. Well, that's going to be a pretty bad stigma on your part because everybody's going to say, "Well, you never fought the best, the other guy that was actually being voted in as one of the best." uh welterweights so how can we say that you finished your career right if you didn't even try to make that fight which i'm not saying he's not trying to make that fight but what i'm saying that he's not even willing to fight the third guy down i mean take off manny pacquiao third guy down to me would be like sean porter
3: you know yeah absolutely
2: and that would be a great opponent for him because i also think sean porter is beatable if you're terrence crawford again the only issue there is that crawford didn't want to take that fight earlier I don't know why, but I I've, I've always felt that would be a good fight.
1: Absolutely. And no, Nado said he goes que onda, que paso, Jesus. I'm sorry, it was Jesus. Um
2: oh, we got somebody calling in now, Dave. Hello? Hello. It? Yeah. I think I think uh Let's try that again. I think I think we might have lost him there.
1: All right. Well, we try to figure out here. <laughs> with the they bill call. Card.
2: Back. Yeah.
1: Try to call back in, guys. Um, you know, this is a new feature that we added here on uh, Leader Marine. D style, what's up, brother? <clears throat> Jesus, what's going on? Again, let's go back. All right. So no, no, Sean Porter. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, if if he was to move up, like he was really, okay. So if yeah. he was to move up, like Philly uh, was saying, uh, in my opinion, he definitely left a lot of unfinished business. And it also, in my opinion, if he does that, a strong possibility he may not even go back down. You know? And uh, I mean, let's just say Arrow Spence moves up. We want to see that at 154, but I don't think it brings the same type of uh, fire that everybody wanna see because at the time, you know, because at 154 I don't know if you can vote them in either one of the guys yet as being number one, having the number one spot at 154, it'll be suggested, you know,
3: all
2: right. You hear that? We got a caller
3: call from D style.
2: Oh, we got D style on the line. All right. D style. Is that you
1: D style? You there brother? Did we get D-Style on or no?
2: Hello. Hello, D-Style. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's
1: going on, brother? I don't know what happened. We were able to hear (laughs) D-Style. Yeah, we were. We heard you and everything. And again, you guys want to call in 917-426-8296 here on Leave the Ring. Let's play promoter. If you were Bob Arum or Tamage Crawford, who would you go after if no Manny Pacquiao or Errol Spence Jr. next? He said he didn't hear anything on his end.
2: Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fix it. I think I know what happened. Sorry, everyone. I, we're, we're trying a new call-in feature here for the first time. I'm, I'm going to get it right.
1: I don't know how to give out the wrench, fellas. You guys are asking. I, I honestly don't know how to do that. Um, you know? Unfortunately, yeah, I don't know how to do that. And I couldn't uh, give it to you guys. I have to figure that out after, unless D-Sal can let me know right now. <laughs> you know, I'm still all new to this whole the whole uh, uh, chat room and how it works and et cetera, et cetera, and stuff. But, uh, okay, well, Car figures that out. Um <laughs> We might as well be yeah, running. I got it. I got it. I got you it got working it?
3: now. All yeah, right. Absolutely. You guys want
1: to call in? Call in at 917-426-8296 here on Leaving the Ring. Let's talk boxing. Let's play promoter. Again, if you were the promoter to Terrence Crawford, who would be the next guy for you guys to suggest to go after? If no, Manny Pacquiao, which was suggested on Saturday night after Terrence Crawford defeated Kell Brook. You know, or no, Errol Spence. Who would be the next guy?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, the answer is definitely uh, if he can get it, Keith Thurman. You got to stay clear of U- Ugas. You got to stay clear of uh, Ortiz uh, because they're they're high risk, low reward uh, kind of guys. So, I, and, and also, he's beat a lot of the other guys like the Mean Machine and everybody else on the list. I mean, I don't think anybody else wants to see Jose Cito Lopez or somebody like that, or Jesse so, you know,
1: Vargas. Arod, A-Rod is throwing out the Mike is a good name. It's for sales. Garcia always brings it, uh, but then again, it wouldn't be the argument that he's still fighting guys that you know that he should beat, like Kel Brook. You know, we knew that he was going to beat Kell Brook. We knew that he was going to beat the meme Machine. We knew that that he was going to probably get in there and beat um, and. Uh, Can you hear us? D-style, are you there? Okay, so again, we knew that he was going to be, you know, those guys, those names I just mentioned right now. So Mikey Garcia might still be that name where uh, folks are going, well, I mean, yeah, it's a name that's going to bring out the Southern California fans, but what does that name really do for Crawford? And it, it goes back again, like Kel Brook. Let me ask you guys this. What did it really do for Crawford at the moment? Did it move the needle? Did it make anybody believe that that he's this very dominant Walter Wade? I mean, it was a great performance. Don't get me wrong. It was good. You know, but like Jesus, who listens to the show, um, he said it, and not just him. A lot of folks said this is the damaged good fighter here. You know, uh, I thought it was going to be more competitive. I thought that, you know, it was going to go a lot longer. But, you know, he made it a short night. So what does that say about Crawford that, you know, and I said this too, Crawford fights at the level of his opponents. He obviously took Brooke very serious. He went out there and, you know, he did start off a little bit slow. He needed to figure out uh, what Brooke was doing. And then he did the execution, you know, so, but it still, it still leaves. I think a lot of folks are still wondering, is he, the most dominant welterweight out there if he hasn't really fought any of the top three i can't hear you here uh a you're on either on mute or something
2: you can hear me now right
1: yes i can what were you saying
2: i was just saying that he's definitely t- it's tough to consider him that if he hasn't top uh, fought a top three opponent that's for sure
3: yeah
1: well, we're going to have to figure out the phone line here, guys, so I apologize, um, you know, try to, uh, you know, bring somebody on, but we'll, we'll get it, we'll figure it out, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be figured out today on the show, <laughs> but we'll definitely figure no, it out. Trust
2: me, trust me, it is, it is. Huh? It's going to be worked out, I promise, David, it is. Yeah. No, it will be, yeah.
1: you know, like I said, we just, there was like a, um, uh, something that we brought onto the feature, we knew that, you know, doing it live, you never know you know so we gave it a shot here uh la. all right i think we got i think we played promoter enough here on uh leaving the ring so let's uh man let's go on to the other news which i thought it was hilarious and i think a lot of fo- other folks thought it was hilarious uh to see that canelo alvarez is back on the zone what are your guys' thoughts about that
2: yeah i mean that's uh pretty uh pretty crazy that he was able to work around uh, Deloitte and Golden Boy that way and got what he wanted because he said all along that what he wanted to do was just fight.
1: You know, I mean, he look, <laughs> I honestly... And I got a lot of emails on the Leader of the ring. People asking me what I was thinking and even talking about my tweet, asking me about my tweet. That I had said my, my curiosity would now lies on Gennady Golovkin. What does he do? You know, now that uh, when the announcement of the breakup between golden boy and Canelo and his releasing from the contract, uh, I, I thought it was going to shake up a lot of feathers among the middleweights because a lot of them were in there. big hopes that they were in to get a shot at these sweepstakes of Canelo and, yep. uh, so I was like, okay. So when they brought up, uh, Caleb plant, I was like, okay, it's going to go pay PBC. Um, I knew that I had a great, I had a big feeling. It wasn't going to go pay-per-view. It wasn't enough time. The reason being is because there's been a, you know, we've had a, quite a few pay-per-views already this year. Okay. So. And I thought it was just too early, too soon to, to kind of push it and market it, which the PBC would have done on Fox and on Showtime. Um so the the, the best route was to go back to the zone, which was a brilliant move. It was a smart move because now he's actually taking the whole pie. It's not it's not giving a piece of it piece of it to Golden Boy, you know. So um a good thing yeah, on It was a smart right. business move. I can't I can't I can't uh, hate on that at all, you know.
2: No, I think it was a very smart move. I mean, when you don't have to have a middleman, <laughs> cut the middleman. If you if you want Dave, I can try to to bring uh, D Style back on. I've, I've figured it out, and I sure. can give him a call. Yeah, let's right, do we it go. here.
1: Yep, absolutely. Can you hear the ring?
3: Can you hear the ring? Yes, I can. All right, here we go.
1: on D Style in and see if we can uh, get him on here.
3: Yeah. And
1: wait, he's uh, we're waiting for the to, uh, tone Roma. Maybe the, his fantasy match making uh, would be Virgil Ortiz in Crawford, and uh, D- and Zone throws a ton of cash to get Crawford on the playing field. Yeah, hey, that'd be really interesting. You know, is
2: the zone is the zone throwing cash around that like that, though, anymore?
1: Not, no, not yet. I mean, it DAZN, seem, I mean,
2: it doesn't seem like it.
1: No, I think they're out of that. Um, I think I don't. You know what, though? The zone wasn't the one that was throwing that throwing around that cash or saying it had that kind of cash. You know, remember, it was Eddie.
2: Yeah, it was actually
1: Eddie money. It was Eddie. Yeah,
2: money. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie big. buck turn.
1: <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, good match, bad match, Canelo versus Smith. Uh,
2: I think I, it's a good match.
1: I think it is a good match. I think that, you know, um, Kellen Smith is a solid 164. Has he Has he had some bad performances? Yeah, he has. You know? Um, you, you know, the thing is, is just Canelo has really kind of moved over to a different level, a, a, a different part of his career. He's finally... Got it together, you know, whereas when he was campaigning at 154, um, even at 147, he still had a lot, there was still a lot to grow on him, you know. Now he looks like he's got his mastery. now he looks like he's just fully developed, um, he's really found who he is, uh, you know, he's got the counter punching, the head movement, the footwork, uh, overall the IQ is definitely there. And I think he's going to be just honestly to tell you the truth, guys. He's going to be very tough to beat, whether you want to call it cherry picking or not. It's going to be a very tough gig for anybody in that uh, in the hundred to from the one sixty 160 to one sixty eight. Uh, it's going to be tough for somebody to beat him there at one seventy five. Now I think that it's you know it, it was a great move, It was a, a smart move to go to to, the, to go fight Sergey Kovala, but really honestly yeah. to stay uh, stay in that division with some of the lingering monsters at 175 would be a bad, bad idea, in my opinion. But you never know with Canelo's team. They see something, and they execute it, and they go after it.
2: I mean, I do not see him beating Artur Um, And I see him struggling a bit with B-ball just because of his boxing ability and his size. I mean, yeah. Jean-Pascal has a secondary title. I mean, that that's a winnable fight, I think, at 175. I think that's a winnable fight. It I, is a winnable I, I, fight
1: because Pascal's got so many miles already on him. You know, yeah. And, and then let's be honest, Pascal's uh, footwork isn't the greatest. He's he's sometimes no. very uh, you know uh, um, off balance. Um, he is explosive, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know one thing that Bernard was Bernard Hopkins was able to do that that Canelo has is jab. And Bernard was able to really just keep him at bay and, and, you know, hold him off there with that jab. And I think that Canelo being the younger guy, the much fresher guy, um, yeah. really just keeps him, uh, Pascal actually makes Pascal look his age or, you know, uh, makes him look like where he's supposed to be at in his career right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I agree 100%. I mean, he had Pascal had a little bit of uh of a resurgence you know when he won what was i guess kind of considered to be upset um when he took on it was marcus brown i believe right dave um when he won his secondary title but yeah the other thing too is with pascal is when he gets hit he kind of has a tendency to go to war i i would love to see that fight just because i think it would would be exciting but other than that and I'm saying Pascal only because he has a secondary title, and I guess I'm playing promoter here again a little bit because Canelo now is his own promoter.
1: Oh wait a, I, a I minute! Wait take- a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What, you, you want to play promoter with Canelo? Yeah. All
2: right.
1: Let's play promoter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So for those of you <laughs> interested in <laughs> in kind of the background here. Uh, In terms of the producing and tech side, essentially what was happening before was I was trying to take calls on a different um, uh, computer uh, without accounting for the fact that I needed a two-way connection for voice uh, and uh, for the person to be able to hear us. So it's sorted out if anyone wants to call back in. The number is 917-426-8296. 917-426-8296. The uh, mix-up earlier is all on me.
1: There we go. So we got it all sorted up. Uh, Chicano Prophet, Dave, do you honestly think that this is a valid argument to call it a cherry pick, or are you just humoring the haters? Um, I, you know, I'm not hearing it, I'm not trying to humor anybody, um, but I'm calling it how I see it, and I think that no matter who Canelo goes after, like even if you went after the Charlos right now or anybody else, there somebody's always going to call it cherry picking, you know?
2: Look like we got a call, Dave.
1: All right. Let's take this call here. Yep. Let's see how that works. But again, uh, Chicano Profit, I just think whoever the really decides to pick at this moment is going to be called cherry-picking. Even Caleb, Caleb Plant was considered to some folks Hello. as, as cherry-picked.
2: Hi. Who's there on the Harry? line with us? Yep. I can hear you. Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Awesome. Who's speaking?
3: Um... This is Kevin from Chicago.
2: Kevin but from Chicago? Kevin? Yep. From, Kevin, thank you for joining us, Kevin. What are your two points?
3: the um, an Andrew Maloney situation. Yeah. Oh. That's my first point. Um, So I called into Jerry Cooney and Randy Gordon's podcast. Their okay. radio show on Sirius XM. And basically their narrative was it was a... It was just a mistake, just incompetence. That seems to be the running theme that everyone likes to say. It's just incompetence. It's just a mistake. <laughs> no, this is not a mistake. This is corruption. We see it time and time again. And even if it's just just a simple fact, they want to protect their referee. They want to. They don't want to make them look bad. They want to act like um, Las Vegas mission is always on point the referees are always on point that's corruption simple as day but um yeah man you know you
1: know, you know why it took 30 minutes let me let me just throw you in let me just throw this yeah. in there you know why it took 30 minutes for them they actually come up with a result of what direction they were going to go with the decision it was how they were going to word it that's what really it came down to how were they going to word this and make sure that everybody's on the same page before they made their announcement. You know, um, look if you you have look, there was five maybe six seven officials, experienced officials, that were watching tape and they all were scratching their heads and looking at each other. You know, I mean Saturday night we were live on G and I was literally at 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 disgust with it because I was watching these guys scratch their heads and and it, it had like they had this like, look on their face, like, what are we, what are we looking for? What are we looking at? You know, and remember this, they've, they they've done this in the past. They didn't, they were confused with the, uh, uh, hearing fight. Um, they've been confused with their judging, you know? So it's, this is, this is kind of common in Vegas. This is nothing new. And I always go back again, is that they need new blood and the officials, these older guys, these older cats, you know, and I hate to say it, you know, um, sometimes are not just quick enough to catch it or see it you know and russell mora this is not the first time he's dropped the ball you know arbeco would be a guy right now standing up i asked somebody in the room and i said hey does anybody oppose of a russell mora continue being a a referee arbeco would stand up and say yeah me you know this guy let let, uh, another fighter hit me in the balls too many times
2: yeah uh you're absolutely right and its I don't know if it's corruption, but it was definitely trying to save face and protect a referee that made a bad call. And guess what? I mean, he's a human being. Human beings make mistakes. But what the fuck is the point of having an instant replay if you're not going to use it appropriately? Yeah, and they
1: pick and choose when they want to use it. That's the crazy part. Yeah, they're not even even consistent on whether they're going to use it or not, you know? And, And that should have been the first thing. You know, and I you yeah. know, remember this. I had said that it was a thumb in the eye, you know, but it, it wasn't intentional. It looked like that's what happened. Sometimes it's a freak uh, accident, you know, because the thumb is sewed on to the to the to the upper part of the of the glove and stuff. But I mean, these are experienced guys. Don't they know this? You know, I mean, Especially when you look it over
2: th- for, for 30 minutes, I mean, it was it was absurd. Kevin, you said you had it. You had a second thing you wanted to say.
3: Yeah, um, the, uh, my last thing. The, the funny is, Randy Gordon said he, he was the head of the FBI, or he worked for the FBI. Bob Bennett. So, I mean, that's how trustworthy he is. He worked for the FBI. Come on, he ain't gonna do anything like that. That's, that was—I can't believe he actually said that. He was—he worked for the FBI. He's not—he's not corrupt. Just insane. But as far as um, Canelo goes, I gotta say this Smith fight. I don't know. I think he saw vulnerability with Smith in his last fight. A lot of people think Smith actually lost that fight. So he's same thing we did with Kovalev. Kovalev nearly got knocked out by a rookie, and he's trying to almost like a cherry pick. I wouldn't call it a cherry pick, but he's um he's favoring the odds because Smith definitely didn't look good his last fight. I would have much rather seen him in there with um. Even the Caleb plan. I think he chose. He, I think he poses more thrust just with this elusive style. Yeah. He uh, does. You know, I mean, with Charlo, with the scene, with Andrade, all these guys. Carlos Smith, I think he's gonna outclass him and finish him with a body shot or something. What you guys thought? Thank you. I, I, you know, I, I'm
2: thinking. Oh, he, he he dropped. He left off the line. So we'll, I'll finish my thought, though. Go ahead. I'm thinking of the Callum Smith fight. Uh, it may have been a situation where he just wasn't motivated to train for Ryder and kind of fought to the level of his competition. But, um, yeah, it's it's really tough to say. I personally would have liked to see Canelo uh, in there with, you know, uh, I, I would have liked to see him in there with Can Jamal him, Charlo. Caleb Plant. I mean, Jamal was probably too soon, obviously, but yeah, Caleb Plant would have been good. Um, but I'm I'm not unhappy with the with the Smith fight, though. I'm not unhappy with it. What about you, Dave? And then and then let's try I, to get him deep style because he called uh, yeah. he called us.
1: Um, listen, I think that. You know, Caleb Smith, I, you know, Kevin, like you're right. You know, he saw some weakness there. He saw something that he could take advantage of. Uh, and that's just all part of the part of the game. You know, that's all part of what the trainers supposed to do. You know, Freddie Roach was notorious for doing it. You know, uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. and his team were notorious for doing it. They, they looked at something. They saw, oh, OK, there's 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 some holes in this guy's game. This is a good fight for us, okay? Canelo's obviously playing that route now because he's the money man. He's a cash cow, you know? Um, You know, Caleb Plant, I loved that fight when it was announced. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen because, like I said, where was it going to go, okay? You know, because the money that has to be given to Canelo, what Canelo's going to be asking for... Was it, could they uh, uh, put it on Fox? Was Fox, there was no way that was going to happen. You know, they're looking for a, much, a, a live gate or something like that. And they, they yeah. probably would have got it at, in Texas. That would have been a problem, but the problem would have been marketing and pushing that fight to be on pay-per-view. And I, I, the yeah. first thing to media in my head was like, well, look how many pay-per-views right now we that folks have dished out. Uh, and towards the end, going into Christmas and, and all of that, do people really want to fork out their hard-earned money being now that you might have to be back on lockdown? I don't, I don't think so. And I think they thought about that, um, that if they weren't going to push people to do that, uh, they had to maybe have more time to build it. You know, But I think Caleb Plant, uh, I, I agree with a lot of folks. Caleb Plant style it's troublesome because Canelo in the past has had trouble with with peer boxers in his career. So yeah, who do we got? We got D-Style on this with Ryan on the ride, yeah. D-style, What's up? How's it going? Good.
0: We're good man.
2: How you d- doing? D's for earlier with the with the connection. My fault.
0: You know, just, just just out here causing panic. That, that's all. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, can, can I answer the question about, about what would I do as a put my promoter cap on? The first thing I would do. Hold on, hold on,
1: d Now,
0: hold on, hold on. Let's uh, let it bury my fighter let's and let's play on. promoter.
1: Go ahead, D style. <laughs> what would you do if you're a promoter?
0: I, I wouldn't back, do an interview with the Athletic and get quoted saying that I'm losing money with my fighter. My fighter's not worth the money I'm paying him. That's, hey, the that's not the first time
1: though. Bob Ehrman's <laughs> done it before. He did it with uh, uh, you know, he's he's done it with other fighters, especially with Rigondeaux.
0: Yeah, but, but but I mean, it's just it's something I wouldn't do. It just no, it's I know that seems more business, really. Uh, but but you know, Aaron's an old guy. I don't think he's worried about the next twenty years. You know what I mean? So it is exactly. what it is. Um, but look, as as far as the um, the replay, I mean, look, if you're gonna get it wrong, at least do it quick. You know what I mean? Like don't don't keep us waiting and, and do the opposite. I look for every reason in the book to not overturn it. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems to me, and. The only thing people got are these still pictures that really are not head collisions. I mean, if you look at it in real time, there's not like a big clash of heads really that happens. <coughs> no. you know what I mean, no, no. But, but then, I mean, talk about doubling down. I mean, the first they said there was definitely a headbutt. And we looked at the replay, there was no headbutt. Yes, there was. It was two of them. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, just, just double down. And just, you know, that that that's the new way of doing things, I guess. You know what I mean? I'm just waiting for the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission to tweet out, there was a headbutt in all caps, and then we, we got it done. You know what I mean? that That's what I'm waiting for. But right. um, I just don't believe that that was caused by a headbutt. I think the statement they were saying, see, the, there was a fracture or whatever on the orbital bone. When have you seen – Guys at at this weight class cause that like what do you mean like like they fracture orbital bones all the time in all mm-hmm. weight classes. That's one of the most like easiest bones to fracture. Like <laughs> like women have, have done it. They don't hit anywhere near as hard as men, and and they get fractured. You know, um, you know orbital bones. So I, I just I, and I don't know if fracture or not, but I just I don't know. The, the whole thing is loony to me. It's all it's all dumb and well. uh, the. And you talk know. about everyone's watching. but approximately a little under two million people were tuning in. Right, and, and if they got one thing, they got drama because people love drama. You know, right. And you gotta just love how it just took forever to get it done. But here's my issue, and and who the hell is Bob Arum to go up to the commission? and demand a review like if he's the coach of a football team throwing in the challenge flag. Like, what? <laughs> what is this? You're that, a promoter, think, bro. I like, sit your ass down. I, like, I wonder if ever been pressure them like that, would they have even taken that long and look, looked over it all? I don't know. I just – I have a little bit of an issue with that. I have an – like, boxing's a little different than other sports.
1: Right. You they should have no contact. And in all honesty, you know, uh, promoters yeah. – Uh, Even the matchmakers, even the PRs, there should be distance between each other because it it does sway, you know, the thought process of what way they're going to go with a a decision, especially in an important uh, decision like that. Um, uh, Amokar, what were you going to say? What were you going to add?
2: I was just going to say that I agree that it's kind of inappropriate for Bob Arum to be like behind the, you know, TV monitors, you know. S- screaming F-bombs at guys while they're – he admitted this while they're, like, doing their reviews. But, but at least in other sports, there's like, a formal process to, like, challenge something, you know? Um, I think that they've got to figure out a way to to do it like they do in tennis or volleyball or the NBA or the NFL where, like, the, the athlete or the, the coach can get a certain number of challenges and, you know, at the end of the round – um they look at it but in this case they had they had all the time they needed it was at the end of the fight if it's an a uh infraction that causes the end of the fight like there should be a process to like challenge it officially i think
1: well there is going to be challenged you know for the super flyweight wa regular champ uh franco uh who got in there with andrew maloney andrew maloney did file an appeal to overturn the no decision you know so they're hoping to do that you know um, and Bob Ehrman obviously fought, was parading that, that 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 was gonna move forward. They were gonna, you know plan on doing that, you know um, G- Robert Garcia, uh, I think I think I think he, Robert Garcia was in the line of your thought there D and a milk car and on everybody else, is yeah. What was Bob doing over there because Robert Garcia was like Hey, nobody from Gold Boy was here to kind of defend us. We were here like, you know uh, as the lone, lone lone dogs by ourselves out here uh, and, and, uh, Bob was over there able to, to, to throw some influence and they left, you know, golden boy left us kind of in the dark, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, if, you know, Robert Garcia, if he's upset about it, I, I agree with them wholeheartedly because he's right. You know, Bob Aram should have been over there, uh, in, in, you know, throwing any type of influence to those officials and, uh, and really those and officials gonna, should have been out in the out open here. when they were reviewing this Going should have been to in to a have private have
0: room for a certain team, it wouldn't look right at the end of the day, you know? No. So, it and here's the thing, like, in the NFL, they have a process, like Camille Carr said, like, in the NFL, whatever the referee calls, stands until there's enough evidence to overturn it, right? Well, there's, we don't even know that's a thing in boxing. All we know is that they review it again. That, that's all we know, you know? And, and, like, apparently, like, they did with the... <laughs> I'm kind of against... It, because one, they're not going to get it right anyway, as we just saw, and two, like, look at what they did to
2: Martinez over there in England against Edwards. Oh, that was terrible! That, that was an atrocious call, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, a replay? Yes. In
0: my opinion, man, replay should be reviewed only in, like, I think with knockdowns and stuff like that, and, and for headbutts. If a ref calls a headbutt, this should already be an official reviewing it to see if
2: there was a headbutt or not to then overturn it if necessary. And that's it. Like, somebody that's a great point. On that's a great point. It that's should be thing. done in real time. And then by the end of the round, they should have already, you know, uh, figured it out. Because if the ref calls a headbutt, you know what time of the round you need to look at. It's only, what is it going to take, 10, 15 seconds of a round? And you just look at that 10, 15 seconds a couple times. You either confirm it or correct it. That's a great point, D-Style. Guys, I gotta go get my show ready, so I gotta run. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Sal. Thanks, Diesel. I'll jump on uh and, and join the chat in, in a few.
1: Well, there you go. If you guys want to call in, you certainly can. Let's talk some boxing here. Uh jump on and tell us what you guys think. 917-426-8296 here on uh Leave It in the Ring. Any last final thoughts about Maloney and Joshua, Joshua Franco here, Amilcar. What do you think?
2: Uh, you know, Saturday night, I was really upset uh, about the result, and I felt really bad for Maloney. And, you know, today my mind actually – yeah. I mean, my mind switched a little bit today, though, because I, I was uh, watching an interview with Bob Arum, and he pointed out that the English actor uh, Ellen Mirren was like tweeting out about the fight and how mad she was about the result. So I actually think this might end up working out in Maloney's favor. I mean, more people are going to know his name and so then people, people are gonna also going to sympathize. Yeah, and they're going to yeah. sympathize with the guy going into his future fights. So if he can come back from this, get his mind right, get focused like he did last time, you know, and repeat what he did or or even improve upon what he did, you know, he, he has the potential to, to make himself a star because, uh, as D-Style said, a lot of people watch this fight. A lot of people were upset about the result. And those people will be rooting for him and will become
1: his fans. You know, okay, let's just go over. Uh, referee Russell Mora was the ref for the fight between Maloney and uh, Franco. Uh, again, it was uh, determined that it was a cause of a head Clash Mm -hmm. that stopped the fight it prevented uh, Joshua Franco to continue it started off in the first round as many of us thought and believe it was off a jab that uh, Andrew Maloney was throwing now it did take 30 it was a 30 minute uh, delay the NSAC did finally determine it was a no decision now top rank and Andrew Maloney are filing to overturn the decision from a no decision my thoughts is they might, in my opinion, because it did spark up so much controversially, co- controversial, and there's, like you said, there's uh, people from over the pond, they're tweeting about it, and, it's, and it has generated a lot of interest, It's maybe yeah. throw out this court uh, um, file and just seek for the third match because it's going to be that much bigger. And it would be, I would put it as, a, a, again, if we're playing promoter, um, I think it's a headliner fight. And I think it's going to yeah. be a lot of folks wanting to watch it on ESPN because there was a lot of eyes for the Crawford and a Brook fight.
2: Yeah, it's become, a, it's become a, a big deal. And definitely it's moved from a co-feature to, a, you know, a main event based on what happened Saturday. It's a great point, Dave.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, even the hardcore us hardcore fans, we were anticipating the rematch because the first fight was really good, you know, and uh, you know uh, wanted to find out was this if Luke for Franco can Maloney make the adjustments? Was he going to go out there with a different game plan? And we were kind of getting all of that, okay? Yeah, we, we were starting. The action was there, was picking up. Uh, these guys were trading, and it's almost got not just from from. Maloney, it got stolen from the rest of us as well that were tuning in on Saturday night. So, to me, it is a main event now. It has moved up the ladder. Why not make it happen the third time around? We got somebody else on the line here on Leaving the Ring? Uh,
2: We did, but they, I, I guess they...
1: Uh, they dropped off
2: here? Yeah, I, I, yeah, so...
1: All right, you guys want to call in? Certainly can. 917 426 8296 is a new number for me to memorize here. Don't forget we are on Pandora. Uh, The Shushan will be up uh, later up tonight on Pandora. Uh, Hispanics Causing Panic. It starts uh, in about 30 minutes, so you guys want to head over there to D-Style's channel. Don't forget to hit that like button and the subscribe button. And remember, um, you know, uh, hit the notification so you know when we go on live here. Hey, let's talk a little bit about... Tyson Fury now Tyson Fury was pretty adamant. I'm not giving Deontay a the rematch because of the things that he has said Okay, which let's remind everybody some of the stuff that he said here at Mill car. Yeah He said that Tyson Fury is a cheat. He's a cheater. Yep. He wants a cheater always a cheater Okay, he has accused Tyson Fury of tampering with the gloves He has accused Tyson Fury for having an egg weight in his glove Not only has he accused Tyson Fury. He's accused everybody around him. Okay, um, we are getting a oh, now we got right it. now All right. so uh, let's see before we move on to that subject and talk about the arbitration that Deontay Wilder's team has has uh, filed uh, pos- that Boston Judge already knocked off the December fight that Fury was going to be involved with Frank Warren is saying that now we're going to have to hold off who do we got with us on the line 602 602 602 what's on your mind brother yes.
2: yep yep We can hear you.
0: Oh, hey. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, sorry. (laughs) Hey, uh, just wanted to put some space. I'm not sure if I joined you guys. It's a little bit late here on the stream, But uh, just wanted to talk about, did you guys see, uh, talking about the Maloney fight a little bit, but I guess the viewership for the Crawford fight was a little over 2 million people. Right. I wonder how many viewers actually
3: lost because of that 30-minute gap.
2: You know, I wanted to complain about that uh, before we went into the last segment. ESPN just been fucking up, like left, right, right, and center. I I wouldn't be a show if I didn't complain about ESPN a little bit. I mean, last Saturday, um, it was the app, as usual. Um, I was watching on the app. They ended the broadcast on the app. I wasn't sure what to do. Then I go to to watch the fight, and then it's 20 minutes of a blowout football game. I did not understand if it was like a college uh, playoff game or one of the major bowl games, but... It was a blowout football game uh, between two teams that teams in the. They could have easily just switched it to ESPNU or some other ESPN station and and started the fight on time. Well, what do you think, Dave?
1: No, I agree with you. We were actually sitting back and, and talking about it, uh, waiting for this fight. Remember a milk, a milk and um, and then I was like, yeah. what what's going on here? And then I was like, "Am I on the wrong channel?" And luckily, getting on uh, social media, it saved the day. Everybody was like, "Hey, you got to switch over to this channel now," and uh, that's what we did. So,
2: yeah. So uh, I, I guess he had his question answered, and he's he's taking off. Thank you, caller, for your for your call.
1: Yeah, we didn't get your name. Remember, if you're going to call in, uh, state your name so we know who we're talking to. Uh, again, the number is nine one seven. Uh, hold on, nine one seven. I'm looking over mm-hmm. here 426-8296. <laughs> yep. um, okay. Going back with Tyson Fury and yeah, Tyson Deontay Fury, Wilder yeah. here. Okay. So arbitration um, obviously is going to be either determine whether or not uh, Tyson Fury has got to face Deontay Wilder, uh, whether or not Wilder was uh, accusations were crazy. Were they nuts? Uh, did he go into this fall into this whole conspiracy thing? whatever the whatever it is um the courts are going to decide if a third match is going to happen whether it's demanded by the public or or it's needed for a trilogy the courts are going to decide that and that's how they're going to determine whether or not Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder are going to go at another runaround in 2021 um you know Frank Warren is saying, "Hey, now we're looking at February or or March to see whether or not that fight will happen." And you never know; the courts may also even push it even further because we don't know what's going to happen uh, when when it, whatever the courts are going to decide and determine. It might it might draw out a little longer. We don't know. But as of right now, Tyson Fury, you're not going to see him uh, in the remaining of this year. Car,
2: what do you think? So, it's not, well, it sounds well. What I think is that it sounds like Joe Habib was right when. Uh... We were on the round table and he was calling, talking about force majeure and like, uh, you know, acts of God and kind of stuff, extending the, the contract. And, it, you know, there was, I guess, a little bit of hypocrisy because, hmm. you know, they did extend it once already because uh, the uh, bicep injury happened. So why wouldn't they be able to do it again? Um, I think the main reason here is that Bob Arum and Top Rank didn't want to lose. The seventeen to eighteen million one at the gate uh, at during the last fight and didn't want to lose money by having to pay these two guys the guarantees that were pro- promised in the contract. Right. I'm a little I'm a little disappointed though because you know if this gets dragged out too long we're not going to see AJ and Fury. You know so I think Tyson Fury is going to beat Wilder again. Um. And but. Let's say that fight happens in March, like you said, right? Right. And between that time, um, Joshua's beat Pulev and then now has to face um, Alexander Usyk because that's his mandatory. And I don't think Alexander Usyk is going to want to delay his championship fight. So the the whole situation is very messy for sure.
1: Let me ask you, let me ask everybody this, okay? Does it feel like the sand in the hourglass for Anthony Joshua is quickly, you know, uh, you know, fading out? Because I think everybody's in a rush. Like, I mean, I, Tyson Fury wants that fight. And the only one that's not in a rush to get in with AJ is Deontay Wilder. You know, he's fixed on getting the, third, uh, the trilogy match with Tyson Fury. But I think Tyson Fury is looking at AJ is that if I don't get my opportunity now – if he beats of or Pulov can't pull that up if I don't get it now, somebody else is going to have yeah. that second chance of, of hurting and stopping this guy. But here's the other thing, too. Deontay Wilder and his team, if he goes in the third match, and you're right, Amilcar, that Tyson Fury again obliviates him in that fashion he did in the rematch, which was a— all effect it was a, a an astonishing stoppage because not none of us thought that Tyson Fear was gonna go out there and be able to muscle and push back Deontay Wilder or even knock him out. If he does that on the third match, where's Wilder's career at now? It could be really honestly, uh realistically, we could say it's the end of his career.
2: Yeah, and you know, the problem is that AJ is vulnerable, you know, and, you know, we've seen it, we've heard it, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but the guy has changed since the, the fight with Vladimir Klitschko, you know, oh wait, I I think, wait, listen up, I think, I think I'm hearing something, I think it might be AJ, (laughs) is that AJ, Uh, I mean, the guy has turned into a to a little uh, kitty cat, man. Since since the uh, I tell you what though, fight. that's a pretty
1: big you know, kitty cat. I wouldn't want that yeah. kitty cat to to, to scratch me, Amilcar. First off, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but
2: but at the end of the day, uh, I don't I don't have the 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 boxing skills and the fearlessness uh, and the confidence in the in my skills like a like Andy Ruiz did. You know right. the problem is that AJ. Hey, A.J. has started to have, have problems, with, with get, obviously, with his chin and getting hit. And then what happens is right. he's kind of decided to, to just really focus on the one-two, box super defensively. And you know what? When you do that, if you've got a guy who's coming at you and who's throwing punches, right, right. A- and is willing to, to take one to give two or three, You're putting yourself in the position to lose and to lose on the scorecards, especially. Um, I wasn't impressed with his fight with Taka. Um, I wasn't impressed with his fight with uh, Joseph Parker. And I obviously wasn't impressed with either fight, really, versus Andy Ruiz. Not the first fight and not the second fight when he, you know... um, essentially boxed defensively against a guy who was super overweight and who, you know, I, I would have, I would have thought like a guy like Joshua should have been able to knock out, honestly. So. Right. puller is not a pushover. I don't know what really, what's going to happen there. And I think uh, Usyk is definitely a live dog.
1: Yeah. I mean, Usyk obviously is now in the, in the mix of things. Um, you know, pullov if he goes back and watch the performances, especially what Andy Ruiz did to Anthony Joshua, you know, he would have to understand he's going to have to close that gap, you know. But the thing is, could pullov take Anthony Joshua's punch? Because let's just not say that Andy Ruiz was, out, was able to go out there and, and, and pull this performance without getting some – Without tasting the canvas himself. He tasted the canvas before he made uh, Anthony Joshua be submissive to what he was doing, you know,
0: absolutely, so,
1: you know, so and remember this this is the heavyweight division, you know, um, and I th- I always thought that AJ's J was questionable But it's the heavyweight division and heavyweight it can change things with one big punch here now of can do what Andy Ruiz did, but can he close that distance? Is my question here, Milkar, or anybody in the chat? Is it, my question is, can he close that? Is his feet fast enough to close that distance? Is he? Is he? Is his hands fast enough to close that distance the way Andy Ruiz? Because see what Andy did, and you could really—I mean, you, anybody could look at Andy and go like, oh, "This guy, come on, look at this guy." You know, he's got a dad bod. Uh, there's no way, and that's what everybody thought. But even seeing the way he performed, it's still deceptive because. There's athletic guys that probably think, well, if Andy can do it, I can do it. That's not necessarily always the case, there. No. You know, Emil Carr. So it's very no. questionable. But I know that Tyson Fury thinks, "Oh, I can do that." And you know, Tyson Fury could do it because he's that athletic. He's got a very awkward-looking body as well. It, looking at the guy at 6'9", you would never think that Tyson Fury could be so 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 smooth with his footwork. Uh, that the hand speed, the the you know the pivoting, everything that you would normally see with a much smaller. Uh, fighter Tyson Fury does very well, but showing us what he did to Deontay Wilder that added to his game that added that he, not only that he could box, but when he needs to become aggressive, uh, he can do it, you know, but also Tyson Fury has shown he does have, if you're able to connect with that chin, he gets dropped.
2: You see my, my issue with, with Pulev is, you know, he's undefeated. Uh, his only loss, obviously, was to Klitschko. Um, but you look at his two two of his recent fights. I mean, Rydell Booker, he took him the distance. You know, that, that's not a good sign. That was his last fight. And we just saw what Philip Herjewicz did to, to Rydell Booker. I mean, Rydell Booker should not be going the distance with a guy who's going to be fighting for the heavyweight championship. And you look before that, he had uh, a Bogdan Dinu. Okay, I mean, Huey Fury, and before that, Kevin Johnson, again, took him the limit, you know? Mm -hmm. The same Kevin Johnson that got knocked the hell out by my boy uh, Dynamite Dubois. Right.
3: Um,
2: So, honestly, jokes aside, and me joking about uh, AJ's defensive kind of boxing at this point, I think this is a a a guy he can be offensive again. Um, but you know, his chin is, is always going to be questionable, but I, I, I see him getting past Pula. my, my issue is really what happens next, especially if it's Usyk.
1: Well, here's A-Rod has said, uh, this is what a saying right now. Did you guys hear that AJ's water was being spiked in the first fight with Andy Ruiz? <laughs> oh, wow.
3: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, you know. well, you know, I, again, I think this is why there's a rush and why Bob Arum and um, Tyson Fury were not interested. I think there's numerous reasons why they weren't interested in the Deontay Wilder fight. But now the, car, the courts have stepped in, go, you know, saying no arbitration. They might make the determination of whether or not the fight is going to happen uh, or it can end up swaying to uh, Tyson and um, Tyson Fury and Bob Arum. And Frank Warren, they go after AJ because, like I said, the hourglass is emptying pretty quick. Uh, it, you know, I think that's what how they're looking at it. It is emptying pretty quick for Anthony Joshua because he's so vulnerable. So vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, let's go to the chat here really quick. Uh, we all know Fury won't be fighting Wilder now. We should really be Wilder's next opponent. Who should be really uh, Wilder's uh, next opponent? Obviously, it can't be pay-per-view, right? I don't know about that. I think it stays on pay per view, to tell you the truth. Um, I think that's what Al Heyman and them would still try to continue to push, but they obviously would have to put something intriguing on the undercard and stuff. It's, it's, i mean, we never know, though. You know, um, I think they have to look at really the economy now being—you uh, know, like I said, the, every state is looking to be shut down. So I think they would have to look at that, you know, um, and then they kind of go from there. Let's see. Uh, A-Rod Andy Reeves, um Like Pacquiao Is going to swing Until one of you drop AJ fought that fight The wrong way I totally Totally agree A-Rod And you know He learned his lesson And he decided to He decided to Call in his inner uh, Tyson Fury Because a lot of folks uh, Didn't believe That Tyson Fury Would stand in trade uh, with Deontay Wilder, they thought that he was going to step and box and box. What he did in the first fight, but instead he came out and he looked like Andy Ruiz against uh, against uh, Deontay Wilder. You know, again, I mean, overall the whole division of the heavyweight, man, guys, you got to admit, it's it's just freaking interesting. You know, it's There's very anybody. excited. We have, it. yep. we
2: have we haven't. I guess we'll talk about this next show, but I mean, two Saturdays from now, we've got uh, Dubois versus Joe Joyce, and you know, I've been looking forward to that one.
1: Oh yeah. I see that so one sided. I I hate to say you know, and I'm never a hundred, but this is a hundred. I think that <laughs> your ball goes out there. And I'm, just,
2: I'm saying it's a, I'm coming. I'm bringing back the Mister. One hundred on on that Saturday. One hundred. One yep. hundred uh, percent.
1: One hundred percent. Nopala says well, Wilder can yeah. beat Andrew Ruiz. Yeah. That's what Nopala says in the chat room. Wilder can beat. Uh, Wilder can um, oh no he didn't say beat. He said Wilder can fight Andy Ruiz. That would be a great fight. That to me would be a really, really good fight. But you know, um I, I you know what I think this is the problem. I think this is something that has to be mentioned as well. Like I said, a third fight, and 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 what you're seeing, and a lot of folks are seeing, um, um, mo what you're seeing and a lot of people yeah. are seeing is that Tyson Fury is going to do exactly to what he did to Deontay in the rematch. What can Deontay Wilder really do in the rematch? What adjustments can he really do? Does he really believe all these excuses is what really prevented him of having a great performance on the night they faced each other in February? Yeah. The you know, third match goes out there, and and Tyson Fury makes easy work of him. And I hate to say the word easy. Let's, let me change that. Let me rephrase that. If Tyson Fury goes out there and again – knocks him out again, that might be the end of his pay-per-view reign. That might be the end of him trying to get on pay-per-view. Because I think if he said, hey, listen, let's hold off. I'll fight Andrew Ruiz next. That would end up on pay-per-view, to tell you the truth. Even though Andrew Ruiz got lost to AJ, it was the fashion of how he lost. But my problem is, is that no matter how enticing you can name any any other fighter to Deontay Wilder, is at the end of the day, Deontay Wilder is the guy that's making these final decisions. It doesn't seem like anybody is in that camp or in that management that's really sitting him down and saying, listen, maybe we should wait. Let's see how you look in the next fight. Okay? Yeah. Let's kind of rebuild your brand again. Because it just seems like Wilder is on this this, this mission of getting back into, what he's exercising his rematch clause we can't blame him he has the right to do that okay but i just think that there's so much more money uh that he can go after uh, at the moment while he's waiting for tyson maybe he's also looking at the hourglass emptying out with tyson fury that maybe well if i don't fight him now and tyson fury goes off and fights aj beats aj he may retire and i might never get that third shot that might be the mind frame where deontay wilder is at
2: the other thing too that I'll add to that is that it's the biggest payday for him. I mean, where else is he gonna make twenty to twenty-five million dollars? You know. Exactly. Um maybe Andy Ruiz, but I highly doubt that. You know. Um so it he's he's chasing the money as well as chasing the the win and and, and vengeance.
1: I think he's chasing the vengeance more than the money, to tell you the truth. I think now it's really vengeance. I think he's so Far gone into the depths of hell about this lost man, that he can't believe what happened that night. Because I don't think in a million years, like ourselves, thought that, that Tyson Fury was going to go out there and have such a performance that he did in Mill Let's be honest. I did not think, I wouldn't have, I, if somebody had told, I mean, actually, there was people that were coming on Leaving the Ring, there was some like, he's gonna knock him out. And I'm like, what? I don't know about that shit, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you've been drinking yeah. or what you've been smoking. And guess what? They were smoking the good shit. They saw it. Yeah, it happened. I was.
2: I was smoking the good shit. You oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah. So let's turn into the chat real quick. Uh, Juan Atena says, with AJ being so vulnerable, doesn't it make it even better for us fans? Have a decent four to six heavyweight they can have a mini-series. Yeah, I agree. I mean, AJ's vulnerability is one of the things that makes his fights exciting. Um, that's what made the Andy Ruiz-AJ fight exciting, at least the first one. When AJ's uh, all defensive and, you know, boxing behind the jab and doing his best Vladimir Klitschko impersonation, and by that I mean Vladimir Klitschko post uh, Lamont Brewster and before that post Corey Sanders uh, it's it's a boring fight, you know. the 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 commonalities between these two is once they tasted the canvas, uh, the they actually became very defensive minded fighters. And we all remember right. Vladimir Klitschko's reign. I don't I don't see a a, a, a reign by AJ moving forward to be any different than the, that.
1: Right, but he doesn't have the fundamentals like Vladimir Klitschko. To no, Larry he Lewis, doesn't. No, he does Lewis, doesn't. he just doesn't have that. You know, I mean. I actually, I like Anthony Joshua. I like what Same. I saw of him when he came out. I, he looked like a heavyweight. He looked like a champion. Um, but then you slowly started to see that there are flaws there. Uh, does he have the temperament? With uh, You know, Andy Ruiz, uh, you know, uh, he did look defeated. The way Latimer Klitschko looked defeated against Corey Sanders. Uh, like the way Lennox Lewis looked defeated with the um, – uh, um, Rockman, you know, could he make that comeback? We only seen him with that one comeback with Andrew Ruiz, which was a very dull comeback. Um, but it left it left more questions than satisfaction of saying he's he's back. You know, so AJ Still is a very interesting fighter in just that sense that we just don't know. Is he is he a guy that just wants to try to cruise now all the way to twelve rounds of boxing and not engage? And if that's the case, then you got to start putting it on the other fighters. They got Like, Pula has got to make a fight out of this. If he doesn't, if he expect if he's expecting what Andy Ruiz was expecting in the rematch, then that's on him. That's not on AJ.
2: I mean, this is going to sound harsh, but you know who he kind of reminded me of uh, during the uh, Takam fight? Was like a... Oh, shit. I just had the guy's name in my head. <laughs> A second ago, uh, um, Jameel McCline you Jameel? remember Jameel McCline
1: oh, Yeah, I remember him. He's a governor now or a mayor. Oh, he's I didn't a... know that. Yeah, oh wow, those. yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, super big dude, super right. muscular. Uh, does really, really well when his offense is flowing, but once he gets hit, it's like a whole different story.
1: Yeah, that's you know, that's true. That's true. Yep. That is definitely true. Even defenses, AJ, if Andy wasn't a total slob, <laughs>
3: yeah, this is no one to cut
1: the ring off, make another good fight if Andy can prove he deserves a trilogy. Well, that's what Andy's got to yeah. do. He's got to come back. I mean, where is he at? You know, I know he's with Canelo's trainer, uh, but really, honestly, there was only talks that I was hearing was him getting in there with Kristen Nightmare, but I think that's all been killed. I think those talks have been shelved away. So at this moment, it's uh where is Andy Ruiz? What is he doing? I mean, oh god, it's so frustrating because here you had a guy that's marketable. Uh, people were jumping people that didn't even know Andy Ruiz were jumping on the bandwagon of the dad bod. Okay? Yeah. Even even the even the uh, uh, uh what was the the freaking chocolate bar he was eating? Um the I mean, uh, Snickers. Uh, Snickers. Snickers. Okay? Here, he, he had something. He had something to market himself off of, okay? Like that guy, Dogface. Look at that guy, Dogface, dude. He's piggybacking off of, you know, the cranberry juice, and he's making all this money. You know, Andy Ruiz, and really in that sense, had that. He was able to market himself, and if he had somebody on his side, they would have really pushed that. And and, and yeah. even though he lost to AJ, he didn't lose. Like, it, it wasn't a shut. I mean, it, it was a shutout in the way AJ performed against him, but it wasn't a shutout that nobody wanted to see him. And Andy Ruiz, not only did he just screw himself by not training right, he killed his career by not even coming back. We haven't even seen him. So really, And then honestly, dumping
2: his trainer and blaming his trainer. That yeah. wasn't a good look either. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't a good look either. Uh, Tone Rome- uh, Romeo says, all of these heavyweights have shown vulnerabilities yes. and have been on the canvas at least once. It's the beauty of the heavyweight division. That one shot can change the fight. You're absolutely right, Tony. <laughs>
1: well, Aaron is saying that Andy Ruiz has got a YouTube channel now. He's going to post videos. He's going to do the. Uh, is it like on one Ryan, of those eating channels? It's going to be like Ryan I Garcia.
2: Are those going to be like more like Guy Fieri or one of these cooking, like these fat cooking guys
1: that you go around does, the
2: country like he go ahead and eat food everywhere?
1: You know who does really well with videos uh, is uh, uh, is Parker you know
3: George really
1: Parker. oh yeah you haven't I seen his videos that. oh bro he's no, I, gotta hilarious. I gotta check it out you gotta get on I twitter to... he's get on his twitter, uh, twitter and uh check him out i mean he does some hilarious oh, uh videos and uh they're like they like i think they're videos that's there that, i don't know if he has a tiktok account but that should be on tiktok and stuff uh i think we're all talked mm. out here on leaving the ring guys i think we'll be back next week um Talk boxing here, and uh, don't forget that uh, Hispanic Causing Panic is starting right about now. So head over to D-Style's Perfect. channel, and we'll catch up with you guys next week here on The Ring. Don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to hit the notification bell. And as always, if you didn't listen to the show, you're catching it late, or you want to re-listen to the show at work with your earbuds, hey, check us out on Pandora. And make sure you add us on Pandora. Again, guys, have a great night. Uh, don't drink and drive, because you will spill your beer.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Dave.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas the Caballero.